0: I have written down for my first sentence in my talk, you know, because I practically just read everything I say. But um, we know that Jacob left home not only to flee the wrath of Esau, but to find a wife, and a wife or two he found. <laughs> that kind of sums up the, uh, the chapter, doesn't it? In fact, I, I called this, um, it's hard to come up here and teach when you've shared everything that you're going to learn and share. So I kind of picked out some things that I wanted to share about. Um, so if if you take notes, this is going to be an easy one. It's providence, produ- produce, and progeny. And I'll give you the definitions. But three Ps, that's sometimes easier to remember when you're doing a, a study. So I think everybody's kind of here, so let's pray. <laughs> Father, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you for the words that you have given me to to speak. Father, if there's anything that is of me and not of you, I just pray that I won't even see it on the page. But Father, we pray that you would teach us through this study of Jacob and Laban and Leah that um, you are always there, that you will always guide and direct that you will help us produce good fruit. And Father, that we have an obligation to our children. And so we thank you for this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we picked up in verse one, and I shared this in my group, that we see Jacob bolstered on his way. He's excited to get started because of that amazing encounter that he had with God. He's been assured of descendants. In fact, too many to count. And the promise that has always been to his grandfather, Abraham, and his father, Isaac, has now been personally promised to him. You could say that after he saw angels ascending and descending on that stairway or that ladder to heaven, and that he heard directly from the Lord, that he was spurred on. And I thought of that verse in Hebrews 12:1, where it says, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders. And he had a lot of stuff to throw off before he got started on this journey. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Like I said, Jacob had a long way to go and he would need perseverance. 400 miles later, Jacob arrives at a well. He didn't know where he was. You know, he's asking everybody, you know, where are you from? Well, they're from there. <laughs> but he didn't know where he was. He didn't know whose well it was, but God knew. He was in Haran, and this was the same well where Abraham's servant met Rebekah, Jacob's mother. This was the homeland of his father's, his family, the very place where he too would meet his bride-to-be. Was that a lucky break? a divine appointment well we all know proverbs 3 5 through 6 trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways now i usually remember it as acknowledge him but this version says submit to him and he will make your paths straight certainly jacob was willing to trust in the lord at this point and in his life and God did direct his steps but listen to this verse that I found in Isaiah 26 7 and this is the new living translation for those who are righteous the way is not steep or rough you are a God who does what is right and you and you smooth out the path ahead of them I loved that verse to me that's providence Webster's defines providence as divine guidance or care. Providence is God conceived as the power sustaining and guiding human destiny. That's in a secular dictionary. I loved that. Well, in your lesson, there was a quote from Warren Wiersbe. He said, you will see this is not just an ancient story of one man's family, This is a contemporary story about all of us who are making decisions that determine character and destiny. Jacob did decide to trust in the Lord. He ended up in the right territory, the right city, at the right well, and with the right family. That's amazing. (laughs) He ends up staying much longer than he expected to stay. But this gave Esau, his brother, the right amount of time to cool down. It gave him multiplied wealth and the start to those countless descendants that God promised. We know that Jacob did not submit to God in all of his ways. But when he did, his paths were straight, flat, and smooth. Listen to the synonyms for providence. Almighty. Creator, Everlasting Father, God, Lord, and Jehovah. He is the one who guides, cares, and directs our steps if we trust Him. He is in control, He knows our story from beginning to end. Psalm 92 in the new living translation again says before the mountains were born before you gave birth to the earth and the world from beginning to end you are god ecclesiastes 3:11 says yet god has made everything beautiful for its own time he has planted eternity in the human heart but even so people cannot see the whole scope of god's work from beginning to end I thought of that saying, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Well, we can't see the future. We are short-sighted. And Webster's Dictionary actually lists one word as the antonym for providence. That word is short-sightedness. Human-sightedness is the problem. We make decisions based on what we see instead of trusting God. It reminded me that years ago um, my husband and I had a home and a business in Anaheim, but due to the failing economy and the kind of a downplay in construction and from some poor decisions, we lost both our home and our business, and we had to file bankruptcy. We were living in a friend's rental home at the time, and my husband's best friend, Ken, offered to let us buy a home we had some money to put aside but he let us but he wanted us to buy a home in his name since we couldn't qualify for a loan because of the bk on our records well i did not like the idea and mainly because i didn't really like ken all that much and i didn't want to you know owe him anything so i just kept saying no god will provide Well, one night we had a dinner party at our house and my husband told our guests about Ken's offer because they knew Ken. They couldn't believe that we hadn't just jumped at this offer. And I, being the smug little Christian that I was, thinking that I'm going to be a good witness to these non-believing friends, I said, no, the Lord will provide. You know what the husband said? He goes, how do you know that the Lord isn't providing through Ken? I didn't know what to say. The Lord works in mysterious ways, right? (laughs) Talk about short-sightedness. That was me. Well, we immediately started looking for a house to buy, and we ended up in Corona. The name of the street that we bought our house on, that we still own, is Providence Way. (laughs) God was in it. He was in control. Well, are you counting on the Lord to set your path straight? Are you making decisions based on what you can see? Or are you trusting in the one who sees your story from beginning to end? I hope you end up on Providence Way. So what about produce? You can either say it produce or produce. As a verb, it means to give rise to or to yield or bring about. As a noun, it is fruits and vegetables. You know, we go to the market and buy produce. Either way, we see that Jacob produced much trouble for himself. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. In this chapter, Genesis 29, we see that Jacob, the deceiver, gets deceived. I have a feeling that when Jacob awoke to find Leah in his marriage bed, that he had a vivid flashback to the day that he went into his father's deathbed disguised as Esau. We reap what we sow last time um, we met actually it wasn't last time but when claudia Kamakov spoke she talked about the fact that this was probably the most dysfunctional family in the bible dysfunction deception and lies continue into the next generation producing the same ugly harvest isaac and rebecca had a divided family each having their favorite son Jacob and Esau were at odds all the time over their birthright and the blessings. Esau took foreign wives against his parents' wishes, and Jacob was just an out-and-out liar. He was a master manipulator and a deceiver, and sometimes it seems he learned it from his mother. Now we find Jacob married to two wives. I don't know about you, I've lived with other women in my home when they needed a place to stay, it's not fun. (laughs) So, I don't think that was an ideal situation. Later, he will end up with even two more baby mamas and have to contend with his conniving father-in-law. Well, only God could sort this out, and because he is in control, his purpose does win out. The family tree is getting interesting as we follow Jacob's life. God is in the business of producing good fruit according to his plan and his purposes. That's from Romans 8.28. So I want to ask you, what seeds are you sowing? When we sow to please God, we reap eternal life. The assurance of being in the presence of God for all eternity. Our dysfunction is replaced with his grace and his peace. On to progeny. The simple definition, of course, is descendants or children. But listen to this. It's also a body of followers, disciples, or successors. I love that definition. And hopefully... Our children are or one day will be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to dwell a little bit on Leah. I know we spent a lot of time on Leah in our group. Um, Poor little homely Leah. We don't really know what that tender eyes or the weak eyes meant, but um, we can just kind of surmise that she was just a little homely. Well, who knows what took place that fateful night I thought about, did they hogtie Rachel? Where was Rachel that night? Was Leah secretly in love with Jacob all along and in cahoots with her father? Or did she dutifully submit to her father Laban? We really don't know. I think that was one of the things we're going to ask when we get to heaven, right? We just know that Rachel was blessed with Jacob's love, but Leah was blessed with children. Psalm 127.3 says children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Well, Leah does give Jacob four sons, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. Each time she bore a child, she named the child according to her desire for her husband's love. Just like most women, she was hoping she could change her husband. I heard a comedian say one time, Unless your husband wears diapers, you are not going to change him. (laughs) Ruth Graham is quoted as saying, you need to have your eyes wide open going into marriage and half shut once you're married. I believe she is right. But Leah seems to be blinded by her desire for her husband. Reuben is born and she names him. He has seen my misery saying, Surely my husband will love me now. Where's her focus? It's on Jacob. Simeon is named one who hears, saying that God has heard that I was unloved, unloved by Jacob maybe, but certainly loved by God, who is rewarding her with children and sons at that. That was the, the primo uh, child. Levi is named attached, saying, how, now my husband will become attached to me. This is plain old idol worship. It really is. Her desire for her husband outweighs her love and certainly her focus on God. But finally, we see a shift in Leah's attitude. Judah is born, and she names him Praise, saying, this time I will praise the Lord. At least for a moment, her desire for her Lord is, is for her Lord and not her husband. You know, I looked it up. You don't find Leah's name in the genealogy of Christ, but we, we know that Jesus was called the Lion of Judah for a good reason. Messiah came from the tribe of Judah, and that is something to praise. Leah did have a change of attitude. Her sorrow turned into joy, and her mourning into praise. Her eyes were opened to God's love, and her suffering over her husband was relieved. Recently, a friend sent me something that she had written. It was uh, It was called "The Cup," and I just want to read a little excerpt from what she wrote. Lord, I want to see an outpouring of Your love and blessing in my life, not hardship struggle pain heartache rejection can't be the plans you have for me can it jesus endured such things for the glory that was set before him that glory was me can i truly pick up my cross drink the cup you have prepared for me and follow jesus i so want the easy path my flesh cries out for it it does not understand the spiritual things It does not understand the good that is being produced in me. Give me eyes to see, Lord. Give me strength to endure. Give me faith to believe. Give me understanding that this is exactly where you want me to be at this stage in my life. Well, I think Leah could have cried those same words. I've cried those same words. Have you? I cry out to God at times in that same way, unable to understand how this, my marriage or my job situation or my financial situation, whatever, how how can this be God's best for me? I say, really God, this is your best you can do? Well, how dare I even think that? Then the guilt and the doubt creep in what is your will father and how are you using me in the life of others yes take the cup of suffering this is not what I signed up for not what I want but what is the alternative life without Christ is no life at all I know I've tried it for 30 years thank you that you took the cup you suffered and died for me Now use me in the way that will bring glory to your name. Do I want to suffer? No. But what is suffering in this life compared to the everlasting life in your presence? We live each day according to his plan, his will, and his way. I think of the story of the cracked pot. I hope you've all heard it. That crackpot watered the path on one side along the way. Beautiful flowers flourished because the pot leaked living water. Show me how to drink the cup. Show me how to suffer for gain. To be like you and leak living water to those who are dying of thirst in my path. I want the providence of God to rule my life. Do you? I want to produce a good harvest by pleasing God, sowing seeds of love and faith. What about you? And I want to look back and see my progeny, my children and their children, following Christ. I want to help others to know God and to make disciples. What can you do, even today, to make that happen? Let's focus on Jesus. Let's trust in his plan and walk in the path that he has set before us. Let's pray. Father, you are so good, such a good, good father. We can't wait to be with you. That last song we sang about running to the father to see you with unveiled face, face to face, father. We can't wait. But father, as we wait, we pray that you will continue to make us more like you that we will follow your path, that we will try to produce good fruit, that we will make disciples, help others to follow you by our good example. And Father, we pray that you will continue to be with us, teach us, Father, daily, help us to take up our cross daily, Father, to follow you, to be the women that you want us to be,